Hey there, we're Chris and Melissa Smith of FamilyBrand.com, husband and wife, parents of five, and we want to help you unleash the power of your family. And we know it can be so challenging raising a family where the return on investment is unmeasured and sometimes it feels like your efforts are completely unnoticed. It takes real courage and commitment and a long-term vision for what you are building. You're building a family. And as entrepreneurs, we always think it's so interesting how your brand at home is the one that you think about the least. But at the end of your life, it will be the brand that matters the most. And look, none of us want to wake up one day feeling like, man, we missed it. Like we missed this opportunity to create something really amazing as a family. So what you can expect from us are actionable tips and strategies that you can implement in your daily life to become a better parent, a better spouse, and to build a stronger family. The world needs strong families now more than ever, and it starts right here with your family. Hello, good news. We now have a 40-year-old in our midst. Chris turned the big 4-0 last week, and so we wanted to do an episode kind of talking about, talking around that, some conclusions and things we talked about, you know, entering this new this new decade. Yeah, so Melissa actually planned a super fun surprise getaway for me for my 40th, so thank I you, Melissa. I felt a lot of pressure around this birthday, personally. <laughs> I was like, okay, he's turning 40. I know people historically do big things for people's 40th birthday. <laughs> I can't let him down. I was a little disappointed there was no marching band. <laughs> I know. Like, I probably should have done a marching band. <laughs> I thought it was so funny. I was like... I really don't care because leading up to it, I could tell she felt all this pressure, but I think she thought that I was just saying that, but that I really would care. But regardless, Melissa, you killed it. We should have had friends dress up like from the eighties and all yeah. these things. Why didn't you do that? Now I'm mad. <laughs> <laughs> so Melissa surprised me with this getaway to a place called Castle Hot Springs. And the cool thing about Castle Hot Springs is like three years ago, Melissa and I were on an airplane flying back to Phoenix. And so the magazine and the Airplane was about Arizona and Phoenix, and uh, we read about this entrepreneur couple that bought this old abandoned resort that one time was the place to go back in the day. And they were going to they had just revived it and spent three years bringing it back to life. And we were like, that that place looks so cool. And then come full circle, it popped up on Melissa's radar, and that's what she decided to to do for my fortieth. So Castle Hot Springs, it was started in like the late 1800s as a resort. It was actually Arizona's first resort, Arizona's first golf course, Arizona's first territorial capital, like all this stuff I didn't know about. But yeah, in the 1800s, they discovered these hot springs. And some entrepreneur that had a vision was like, people will come and want to be in these hot springs. So they built the resort in the 1800s. And it's it's kind of, it's past Lake Pleasant. If you know, it's about an hour and a half northwest of Phoenix. And so back in the day, people used to ride the train to this little town called Morristown and then take an eight-hour stagecoach ride to the, the hot springs. But just f- through fires and whatnot, it uh, was a, became abandoned and passed on and just no one did anything with it until this couple bought it. And uh, so you're driving through the desert and the Bradshaw Mountains and all of a sudden in the middle of the desert, there's this like green, lush oasis that's all fed by the hot springs. And so we had a really fun time there. It was really cool to just rejuvenate and reset and just connect. And it was probably my favorite getaway that I've ever done with Melissa. And we really loved swimming in the hot springs. And so our last morning there, which was the day of my actual birthday, we decided to go up to the hot springs and we lucked out because no one, none of the other guests showed up. We had it to ourselves for like a good, probably half hour, 45 minutes. And we were sitting there, Melissa's like, you know what? I think we should take advantage of this. And I think we should really like think about 
like what is what's a message that that God or the universe has for us? Like let's meditate. And so we meditated for a while and we're just thinking. And then Melissa's always asking me great questions. And she said, Okay, so you're 40. Like, what did you learn the first 40 years of your life? And what's gonna be your intention for the next 40 years of your life? That was a good question. <laughs> Anything you would add up to this point in time, Melissa? No, you're doing great. How cool though. Like if, if someone's really looking for a special occasion, like a getaway, Castle Hot Springs is really Yeah. It was a little pricey, but I feel like it was once in a lifetime experience. Super cool. And when Melissa asked me that question, like it's like I had a response like right away that came to my mind. And I think it's because one, um, when we were in Nashville a couple weeks ago, a few weeks ago, we had the opportunity to hear Tim Tebow speak in this really intimate setting. There was like 40 people in the room. And he's, by the way, just like so impressed with him. So such a down to earth, genuine, sincere, heart centered. Can't say enough things about my experience of him. Mine was the same. I was super impressed by him in real life. Sometimes I think in real life, you get a different experience of people, but he was even better in real life. He's a former NFL quarterback. Yeah, for those yeah who may not know, Tim Tebow was a Heisman Trophy winner, played for the Florida Gators, then went on to play in the NFL and just it's really successful business and has a really amazing nonprofit and charity. They do good all over the world. So we got a chance to hear him speak, and then each of us got a chance to actually spend like several minutes with him and get our picture taken and talk with him. And his focus that night was the difference between success and significance. And what was so interesting is one of my clients, when we took them through the campfire fact and helped them create their brand identity and their message, that was the core of their message is helping successful people to also create significance. And what Tim Tebow shared that night is like, you know, on your, on your, on your headstone, when you pass away that dash that represents your life, right? Between your the day you're born, the day you die, that dash, will it rep- have represented success or will it have rep- represented significance? And so I think I'd already been thinking about that because of my client's message. It was reinforced when when Tim shared with us. And so when Melissa asked me, like, well, what have you learned the first 40 years and what's your intention for the next 40 years? The thought that came to me is I think the first 40 years of my life was focused a lot on success and the pursuit of success and wanting to be successful and and, and caring about being successful and wanting to be impressive and wanting to look good. And, you know, I made a lot of decisions based on money and that my intention for the next 40 years was to focus on significance and focus more on impact than income and really do what I feel called to do. Cause, cause I think in the first 40 years when I was pursuing success and that was my focus, because I was so focused on success, I did a lot of things that I thought I should do. I did a lot of things that I thought I was supposed to do. I did a lot of things that I thought other people expected me to do. But I really I really feel like I don't have really much of a relationship with should do anymore or supposed to do. And I don't really care what other people expect me to do. Like I really want to do what I feel called to do. And yeah, I hope I hope at the end of my life I can look back and you know, I can say that yeah, I've I've created a life of significance for myself, for my family, for my clients, for the families we've impacted. Because I do think that if the dash in your life on your headstone only represents success, it will probably have been a pretty empty life. And I had this conversation with a client recently that when you pursue success, you never achieve it. I don't know if I've ever met anyone that was really, myself included, that was super driven by success, that you ever feel like you've achieved it. You ever feel successful enough. It's like this kind of hollow pursuit, this never ending pursuit that you're never going to achieve. And so you're pursuing success and no matter how successful you are, you you actually never achieve it. But when you pursue significance, I think that's actually how you truly achieve success and significance. You get both. So that's my big takeaway from 
I like it. Turning 40. What would you say? <clears throat> what would you say to anyone listening, like a takeaway or a challenge based around this idea or thought? That's a great question. Maybe a challenge and a thought would be to actually define. I think for the longest time, I didn't, I didn't have a definition of success. My definition of success was what the world's definition was or what other people's was. So just, I would pursue so many different things without even really questioning, is this, am I pursuing this? Cause I really want to, because it really calls to me because it really aligns with me. And most times, no, I was just pursuing it. Cause again, like I thought that's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to make a lot of money and that's what other people expected me to do. So I think having really defining what success means for you and making sure that that definition goes deeper than money and things. Because mm-hmm. I think if you have your definition of success, it's really freeing and it helps you to know what to say yes to and what to say no to. Yeah, you might find that you've actually achieved success sooner than you maybe thought you would. Yeah. I think something that helped me with this, I read this book called The Strangest Secret by Earl Nightingale. It's kind of an old classic. Like he was, from what I understand, Earl Nightingale was like, the Jim Rohn, the Tony Robbins, kind of a little bit of his day, super inspirational and impactful. And he, in his book, The Strangest Secret, he talks about this idea of defining success. And the, the, I'll never forget when I first read his definition of success is the steady progression of a worthy ideal or the steady pursuit of a worthy ideal. That's his definition of success. It was never about achieving a certain amount of money or certain status or a certain number of things. It was as long as I'm steadily pursuing a worthy ideal like that's my definition of success and so i could in his mind he's like i could always consider myself successful because i'm always in pursuit of that and i wouldn't the only way i wouldn't be successful is i stopped yeah that's super interesting and that also allows for what might feel like failures at time like you but even though you might feel like you're you know you fell at something or maybe one step forward two steps back where you're still in that pursuit it could still be defined his definition as success. Yeah. And what I loved about his definition of success, this, and this idea of the pursuit is his, his definition of success was focused on becoming rather than having or achieving. It was like, am I pursuing a worthy ideal? Like, am I becoming? And Melissa and I talked about this a lot. One of our really good friends, someone who we really look up to and admire is Abby Ayers. Um, she's awesome. If you don't follow her on Instagram. I think we just talked about should. her twice this month on the podcast. Now. Did we really? Dang. So Abby in her stories, Melissa showed it to me recently and she has like a hundred thousand followers on Instagram. So she, whenever she posts something on her stories or asks a question, does like a little poll, she gets a lot of people engaging. And so on one of her stories recently, she just posted this, she posed this question, how many of you in the last year, in the last 12 months have taken at least five minutes to be alone, to get quiet, to get still and actually think about who you're becoming and like what you want out of life? And at the time that, you know, because the story is only up for 24 hours, at the time it ended, it was 50-50. And I don't know, I'd actually love to ask Abby, but I would, I'd, wouldn't you guess thousands of people based on her engagement, like probably voted? Probably. So let's just to say it was even in the high hundreds or low thousands, like about hundreds of thousands of people said that they hadn't spent, in the last 12 months, they hadn't spent five minutes with just them and their thoughts thinking about what was important to them and who they wanted to become. And on one hand, that's really shocking to me. And on the other hand, I can actually relate to it because there's been periods of my life where I, I would have said, no, I don't, I don't think, I don't think ever think about that. And I guess where that ties in for me with this is 
The danger in that is if you're not spending time thinking about who you are becoming and what's important to you, then you're not defining what success and significance looks like for you. And like, trust me, the world will be happy to give you their definition and have you live into it. Because as long as the world's defining success for you, then in some ways the world's controlling you and you're being run by a lot of things that you don't even realize you're being run by. But if you can take some time and really think like, yeah, what, how do I define success? And, and where's the significance of that definition? There's nothing wrong with wanting to be successful. I, in my opinion, as long as how you define it has significance built into it. Then I guess the last thing I would say, maybe a challenge is just to not get caught up in what you think you should do or what you think you're supposed to do or what other people expect you to do, because that'll have you chasing their definition of success. But to really take the time to think about what do you want? What do you feel called to do? And I can just share that from a lot of painful experiences. Some of the most painful times of my life was because I was pursuing someone else's definition of success. And it just, it's impossible to have that lead to any kind of fulfillment for you when you're pursuing someone else's dream or someone else's path. So true. Okay. One more question. Was it hard to turn 40? <laughs> Actually, no. <laughs> like <laughs> it's, it's been my favorite age to turn. I've thought a lot about like, I wasn't dreading turning 40. I wasn't worried about turning 40, but a little bit in the back of my mind, I was like, man, how am I going to feel about this? Cause I hear so many people that dread turning 40 and yeah. I hear so many people that yeah, it's one of those ages for whatever reason just has a lot packed into it and behind it. Yeah, I don't know why. I don't know if it's like health goals around New Year's where it's like, well, how did this happen? <laughs> it just is a thing that's always been there. But I've heard from so many people that dread it. And then I've heard from people like, oh, I hated turning 40. That was a hard year for me. So none of that, interestingly enough, built up in my mind where I, I wasn't dreading it. I wasn't worried about hating it, but I was just curious, like, how will I actually feel about it? And Melissa and I were joking like days leading up to it, like maybe I'm in denial. Maybe, maybe I'll wake up that day and just my life will fall apart. <laughs> but I was so excited to turn 40. And I feel so like I'm proud to tell people like I've had a few blasts like, yeah, they're like, you just turned 40. They're like, don't worry, life goes on. I'm like, oh, I'm not worried. I'm loving it. Like I love this. The, my, the happiest age for me to ever turn has been 40. And as I thought about why. I think because like some of what I'm saying, I have had such, I've had times in my life where I like just felt so lost and confused and alone and I was falling out, trying to chase other people's definition of success. And, and that, and they said, I was always chasing something that I couldn't get. And, and like, I, and I, now I, now I talk about this with my clients. In fact, I just talked about it with someone today, like this chasing energy where it's just, I'm always chasing and it's frantic and I can never get it instead of like building something. And so I think because I think I was always nervous to turn 40, thinking that I would have a lot of regrets that when I turned 40, I would think oh, I should, but I should be further along. I should have accomplished more. I should, I should be a better husband, a better father, better entrepreneur. But actually I was like, I was able to kind of, maybe it sounds funny. It's kind of, be, I was kind of proud of myself. Like I was, I really reflected on my life and I'm like, man, I'm really, really proud of the, the relationship that you and I have, Melissa. Like I'm really proud of what we've created as a family. I'm grateful for what we have. I'm grateful for my children. I'm really like fulfilled by the way we live our lives, that we're not afraid to go on adventures, that we moved to Hawaii for a year. I feel really blessed to have the business I have and get to work with the clients I get to work with and the lifestyle we have. And I don't know, like I'm really pleased with my life. <laughs> like I, don't, I 
yeah, I'm really happy to be 40. That's awesome. What a good, what a good feeling. I remember once when I was, I don't know, turning something in my 20s, so a while back, I read a quote that said something like, growing old is a privilege, a privilege not afforded to too many. And ever since I read that, I feel like I've viewed getting older kind of the same, the same way. Like it is, a, it is a privilege. Yeah. Especially, you know, there's, it feels like, I don't know, in the last couple of years, there's been a lot of, a lot of hard things in people's life. Like people, people that we love and that, you know, around people around town, like people that our friends love passing away. And it is, it's a privilege to grow, to grow older every year. For sure. I also think that, I mean, obviously the older you get, you gain more wisdom, I think in most cases. And I think for me, like turning 40, almost like there's a little bit of two, like badge of honor, like I'm wise, (laughs) (laughs) whether I really am or not, but it's like, you've arrived. Yeah. uh, That's how I'm choosing to look at it. I really am. I'm choosing to look at it. Like I have arrived, like, (laughs) (laughs) but and now you can start wearing your cowboy hat in public. Yeah, there's a lot of things that I've always said because people, when people find out I'm a cowboy and I team rope and rodeo a little bit, they're like, man, why don't you, you know, I've started dressing more that way the older I've got. You know, I'll wear boots to business meetings and stuff. People are like, man, you should rock a cowboy hat to a business meeting or you should wear a cowboy hat when you speak on stage. And I've always said, nah, you got to be 40 to do that. I can wear a cowboy hat when I rope. I can wear a cowboy hat when I'm riding horses. But to wear a cowboy hat, at least for me, so that's all changed now. Yeah, to like, be 40. Cow- I wore a cowboy hat to dinner both nights. We were at Castle Hot Springs. Yes, you did. I also think that this idea of growing old is a privilege. Most most of you probably know, or if you're listening to the podcast for the first time, one of the things that we do every year at the beginning of the year is we pick a word or a phrase that we want to embody that year as a family. And then we each individually pick a word or a phrase. And the the, the phrase that just kept coming to me this year over and over, and I had other ideas, but it just was bold that that's that's my word for the year and and specifically bold leadership i want to be more bold in my leadership and that's my leadership in my 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 life around my health with my family with my clients and i never really thought about that that being my word and me turning 40 this year but when i did turn 40 i kind of i'm choosing to see it as i'm 40 i've earned the right to be a little more bold like Mm -hmm. But doesn't it seem how people, the little older they get, they're just a little, they're totally comfortable being bold and not caring what other people think? Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I think it's a little more you like, yeah, you just realize like, oh, it doesn't really matter what what people think. I'm going to do what what feels right for me. So yeah, I would definitely, I would definitely encourage you to end your relationship with should and supposed to and end your relationship with other people's expectations of you. And that's just something that's really been present for me turning 40. I also thought it was really cool. You actually were talking about this at Castle Hot Springs. Melissa was saying, I've recently started following some women on Instagram who are awesome. And they're women who are seasoned entrepreneurs in their you know, 40s, 50s, sometimes even 60s. And I just love following them. And there's a, they have a different energy than the entrepreneurial women that I follow who are in their 20s and 30s. But yeah, speak... Just, I thought it was cool what you said. And I think it is applicable to what we're talking about with this idea of age and wisdom. Yeah, I just basically what Chris said, but I've no, I noticed. I feel like the older women that I've started following, like you said, they just they're just there to say what they want to say and just to 
add value in the way that they want to add value. Like this one woman in particular, I was telling Chris this specific example is she had talked about savoring life and how it's been scientifically proven that when you savor things, it actually makes things better. Like you feel more happy and satisfied. And as an example, she's like, so for example, I'm going to show you how to do it. And she, she had, she was just like driving in the car too with her husband. So it wasn't like studio lighting, perfect (laughs) hair and makeup. She was just driving in the car, which I also thought was just refreshing. But, um, could care less what other people think. Yes. And she had this donut and she's like, I'm going to savor this donut right now. And it was like a jelly filled donut. And she like took a bite out of it. And the jelly was like oozing down her face and she didn't like wipe it off. She didn't like, yeah, she didn't even care. She was just like, this donut is so delicious. And she just like (laughs) talked about the donut and the texture and the flavor and just the temperature and just like savored this bite of donut. And I was like, I really admire this woman. Like, I think there is something very wise about someone who's at a place where they just don't care like they're just like this is what i want to talk about i want to add value in this way i'm thinking that i want a donut right now <laughs> you actually did a really good job of describing that we've tried that by the way late since yeah, then we have. savoring things and i'm like oh wow this really does make <laughs> make things better i would say one other thing that's come to mind for me recently and this is maybe a little bit cliche, like everyone's, everyone's heard this before, but it really is true if you choose to look at it this way. And that is the best is yet to come. You know, I think every, every age we turn, cause it's like, I can't do anything about my age. I can't do anything about turning 40. I can either be devastated by it and miserable, or I can just say like, yeah, man, like best is yet to come. It's going to be the best year of my life. But yeah, I'm grateful for Melissa for hooking me up. It was a really fun. She also did a couple other things that were really cool. Uh, her and Marissa on my team. So Marissa is amazing. She is the client relationship manager for the Campfire Fact. She's been with me for probably five, six years. She's um, incredible. And she helped Melissa organize some of my past clients. I didn't know it, but on the on my morning of my birthday, I got this video and they had all talked about their experiences with me. And They all gave beautiful, I told Chris, these are like, testimonial videos beautiful <laughs> messages to you on your birthday and the impact you've had in their, their life so that was really touching and meaningful and then melissa had a book made a really cool actually company and a really cool concept where they organize it all and people can even submit pictures in this book and memories about you and that was really that was really cool to yeah just to you know sometimes i think you wonder like has my life mattered like how's you know, at whatever age, but you know, maybe something like 40, you think about that a little bit more like these milestone years and maybe 40 is one of those for some people, but it's like, you you do wonder like, man, has, has my life mattered? Has me being alive made a difference in the world? And if so, what has it been? And so, yeah, it was really cool to hear from friends, family and, and clients that, that in some small way I have, I have, you know, maybe impacted people. Cause that's certainly been, my life's mission for especially the last several years is like, I really want to make a difference with people. Like I want to, I want to share ideas and I want to share thoughts in the world that really bless people's lives in, in the same way that my life has been blessed by the ideas that 
that have been shared with me and the mentors that have shown up on my path and in my life. Beautiful. You're beautiful. Thank you for being here today. <laughs> Thanks, Melissa. I'm expecting big things for my 41st birthday, Castle Hot Springs again. Okay. I'll start, <laughs> just, I'll start planning. Just kidding. No, it was no pressure. You did awesome. Okay. And re- well, wrap wrap it up. I, yeah, the best is yet to come, whatever age you are. And if you haven't turned 40 yet, I'm stoked for you to turn 40 because <laughs> I thought it was awesome. I'll look forward to that. Yeah. <laughs> couple. I got a couple of years. Okay, see you guys next week. Thank you so much for listening to the Family Brand Podcast. To say thank you, we have something really awesome we'd love to share with you. You know, we often hear from families who will tell us that they just feel so overwhelmed because of the demands that are placed on them. They feel like they're constantly being pulled in so many different directions and spread thin and they're spending time as a family, but they don't feel like it's quality time. They're not really connected and they want to be more intentional. And we can certainly relate because we felt like that at one point in in our family. And so we created a guide that allowed us to really be more confident around how we spend time as a family and what we say yes to and what we say no to. And it's just brought so much more peace into our home. It's made our lives so much more simple and we want to share it with you. So if you go to familybrand.com, forward slash free, you can download the how to take back your family's time guide. And I can promise you it'll give you more confidence and more peace in your life than your family. One last thing. We feel so inspired when we hear from families that we are making a difference for them. We would love it if you would leave us a five-star rating and a review on the podcast so we can reach even more amazing families. We truly believe that the way we change the world is one family at a time.